Here. Wait, let me get a sip of beer. First. All right, yeah, same, same. <sighs> okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. Hannah <laughs> and Jeremy get drunk and talk ourselves out. Oh my God, we gotta adjust. Are we doing a different intro? Actually? I don't know. Do you want to or no? I really like our intro. I do too. We'll just keep it. Cuts. Jesus Christ, guys, we're three seasons in. This is um, three seasons. This is season three of oh. Hannah and Jeremy get drunk and talk about Zelda. You can't see me, but I'm dancing. Once again, it's actually just called Drunk Zelda. Right, because I'm I'm sober. It's Zelda. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's okay. In the last game, when she's like, you know, lying down, right? She's passed out. She's just a hangover. That bitch had too many picklebacks the night before. Break. Oh my god. Yeah, I get it. Are you I referencing did. picklebacks because we just we did just some... have one? Yeah, no, they're my favorite shots. Oh, too. all right. So do you want to describe our liquor progression for the day? Today? Yeah. So we had two. So we were editing earlier, almost in silence. Uh, we were working on individual projects. I was editing the podcast that went up today. I'm not going to say which episode, just so that we don't reveal. <laughs> How far matter. behind we always <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, but it's, that's despite the point. You got married. You're married this season. Oh, I'm, I'm a married man. You're a married man this season, which is, like, pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, a kind of a developmental thing where we are personally, but... Yeah, it's, like, something. It's kind of big. Yeah, I guess I so. was there. You were. I was very drunk. <laughs> way more drunk than I currently am. I was hung over for two days. Oh, our drink progression. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um. So yeah. So we started with like mango orange screwdrivers. So we had some vodka. Right. Right. Yeah. Two cups of vodka. Two cups. A cup of vodka. Yeah. So we were like working on our individual projects, as I said before. I'm repeating uh, yeah. myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Drank those. Down those. Yeah, down them. Then we had. Um, no, then we had simpler times. Did we? Yep. Then we had our shot, and now we're on this. We had the shot after the simpler times? No, we had it before. You're right. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. So after the vodka... It was a pickleback, yeah. Got, we had two picklebacks. No, we only had one pickleback. Uh, well, we each had a pickleback. Mm-hmm. That's two total picklebacks. I guess. Math, Hannah. Sure, sure. <laughs> People aren't doing, like, the grand total. They're just doing, like, oh, on an individual right. basis. Well, all right. For those of you who don't know what a pickleback is... Um, my favorite shot, honestly. Oh, my God. You take a shot of, like, literally anything. Yep. Could be pure gasoline. Honestly, yeah. It just could be. And then a shot of um, pickle juice, and your memory is erased. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but I've never been able to, like, take a shot and not want to throw up. But I take that, <laughs> and then I pretend it's not happening and i immediately down the pickle juice and it's like nothing even happened yeah the like, weird oh, okay juice. that's kind of weird but whatever so in our situation it was pickle juice from a jar of spicy pickles i loved it so it was a little bit spicy and vodka usually it's like jameson and like just yeah your average oh, it, pickle. It, was, it was a new uh kind of interpretation of of um picklebacks but you know yeah. we made it work you can see my little triforce here yeah it's right there it's kind of crazy how I have this on my skin forever. Triforce. That's on your skin. Mm-hmm. That's a forever promise. Mm-hmm. It's like a promise ring to your gonna, skin. When are we going to get a tattoo together? <laughs> I'm getting one right now. Oh. That needle that's on my thigh. Oh. 
Guys, I like listen. You know what? I'm so happy uh, to be here, yeah. to have all of you here, to have Hannah here, to be entering into our third season of I can't believe Drug Zelda. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really happy. That's a sentence right there. Yeah. Wow. We're here. We're playing Zelda. We are. What are your um, expectations for this game? Ooh. Okay. So, well, all right. You know what? My expectations, just in general moving on from the past two games we played are to actually enjoy <laughs> actually not want to kill yourself during the entire thing uh, yeah i mean it sounds weird to say that but after playing these first two games which are the two games i've played the least out of any yeah. game in the whole series yeah um yeah my expectations are to actually be moving into games that we enjoy starting with this one which is just it's on probably my favorite system of all time the Super Nintendo. Really? The Super Nintendo is just, you know, I, I think there there must be some sort of nostalgia factor there because I grew up with Super Nintendo. That was the game that I the, the that system. Was your I, system. That was my system. I first got. Uh, I was like all into you know Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, uh, you know, A Link to the Past, which we're right. gonna jump into. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, my expectations are to be relieved that we're not going to be as frustrated. Uh, right. Um, and just to also have a little bit more um, in-depth things going on. So, for example, side quests. Uh, for example... Story. Yeah, a bigger storyline. Stuff that's just that goes beyond maybe the basics that we're used to. Right. I feel like I, the only thing I'm worried about is that this game is going to be perceived by us as way higher than it should be. Not saying that it's not a great game. Yeah. But we are coming off of like... A link to the... Or, no, no, this is a link to the past. We're coming Adve- off of... Adventure of Link. Adventure, right. Which was just, like, a frustrating journey. And obviously, like, <clears throat> we edited our podcast, right? Shocking, we edited our, our well, stuff. We I did know. work? It's not, it's not raw footage. <laughs> Are you sure? There was a lot of off... I almost said off camera. Off mic, I guess. Yeah. Frustration, and even when we would see each other outside of Fridays... But it was really frustrating to get through the last game, and I feel like, honestly, any game is going to be better than the last one. So that's my only kind of apprehension, but Mm. I have played a little bit of this game. I've started it, like, 500 times, approximately. Yeah. Um, But Super Nintendo wasn't my system. Nintendo 64 was. Obviously, like, I'm a little bit younger than you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think our expectations are pretty high for this game, whether we would want them to or not. But I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's, this game is really weird for me because I grew up with the Super Nintendo, but the first Zelda game I played was Ocarina of Time. I think that's true for a lot of people, Um, at least in our age group. Yeah. So playing this game is a return to the graphics and the feel of a system that I was very comfortable with. However specifically to Zelda it was a step back for me and I remember playing it and being like oh this is widely regarded as like a one of the best Zelda games of all time but like I didn't feel that way personally when playing it fair enough what is your so we'll we'll kind of move on to our next topic which is the reception of the game okay how did you um this game this game came out before I was born so I can't really put a perspective on this I was in I was in the womb and I was, uh, you know, a thought at least at the time. You wait. You weren't. Playing? I was not born at the, during when this game was. When no, this but, game but was you playing. weren't playing Super Nintendo in the womb. Oh, 
I was playing like um, Atari all, in the womb. I thought womb. all moms had the AV hookup in there. It was Atari for me. Oh. Yeah, okay. in the womb. They had exclusive rights to the womb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atari in the womb. I was womb. just playing Sonic all the time. Okay. As a fetus. Oh, yeah. Two mm-hmm. weeks in, and I was like, time to play Sonic Bro, too. Sonic was a Sega. What was Atari? Atari was just Atari. There was like Pong on there. Sure, I was playing Pong then. There was the uh, notorious... I'm sorry, my history is, is bad. Yeah, get it together. My my Zelda history is very on point, though. Okay, alright. So, what was your reception of the game? You you said you didn't think of it as the best of all time when it came out, right? I didn't love it when I first played it. Okay. Um, But I'm quick to recognize that that might have just been a product of, you know, my gaming experience. I think for people who were a little bit older than I was and had this game come out when they were, like, teenagers. Fair. Because, again, you you said this game came out when? 92. In the U.S., 91 in Japan. Right. And I was born in 1990. So it's not like I was two years old playing this game. You were? Like, like I played this game ten years later. Oh, okay. um, After Ocarina of Time had come out. 2002, if you will. I I will. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can (laughs) sound. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm It's been a long time since I've played this game, but it's been an even longer time since I've beaten this game. Okay. Yeah, I've never played this one once again. Okay. Um, even though I pride myself as a Zelda fanatic, obviously, you know. This is an important part to start, I think. I, yeah. You know, it's it's where sort of the series gained just, like, a huge cultural popularity. Uh, it's, again, on the Super Nintendo, which is one of the best re- best review systems of all time. It almost feels like the Super Nintendo is the NES with slightly better graphics yeah. and with Nintendo putting a little bit more care and energy into everything and also like just them working out a bunch of bugs and yeah. making it so that games were hard on an intellectual level but yes. not not hard on you have like, to talk to people like level. a stupid level, you know? Yeah. And I I don't mean like talk to people stupid level like I mean you would literally have to like I feel like in the past two games, you literally had to talk to other people and be like, how did you get here? Yeah. Whereas maybe in this one, and once again, I didn't play it and I don't know a lot about it, but it seems as if you can figure out a lot of it on your own out of pure logic rather than like, um, try and fail. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So here are some facts for you for this game. Lay them on me. Yeah. Which, by the way, viewers, I haven't told Jeremy these facts. I researched them and then I... So here's the Exclusive big fact. Exclusive fact. So this game has a 95 on Metacritic, which is incredibly high considering that the highest scoring game of all time, which funny enough is Ocarina of Time at 99. That's the only one at 99. There's a lot, well not a lot, but there's like probably four, five games or so that are tied at 98 and then so on and so forth. Um, but not a lot are up there. And the games that this one ties with, which I think it speaks to like the level of the game that we're playing... Is it ties with Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess within this game, and then outside of like this like realm of Zelda, it ties with um, Portal Two, mm. which Portal Two is renowned as like one of the Ugh. greatest games of all time, and I mean, honestly, it was one of the first PC games I played, and is like really witty, is really funny, you and mean, it's like you good mean politically puzzles. correct. What you mean politically correct games? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> PC politically correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it tied with Last of Us, which Last mm. of Us is also renowned as, like, an incredible game by a lot of people. I personally have my qualms about it, which would be a whole other 
situation. And Majora's Mask is my personal favorite, even though I talk about Ocarina all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're the sister games. Yeah. So the other thing is, too, is that it's one of the best-selling SENS games of all time, and it sold 4.61 million units worldwide. Which, if you think about it at the time in 92, when video games were just, like, kind of getting some traction... That's a shitload of video games. Yeah. That, especially of, like, one specific game. Um, it was number two on Nintendo Power Games until December 2012, which is its last issue. That It means it was number two for about 20 years. That's a long-ass time. That's a very long time. Mm. Um, and it was number one for five consecutive years. And then it says between January 2000 and August 2006, it was the 8th highest selling game on Game Boy Advance, DS, and uh, PlayStation Portable in the U.S. This game... Wait, pot? This game was on PlayStation Portable? I think so, yeah. According to what I've written down. I'm, the- I'm drunk, but I'm... There's no PS Portable that I know of that's a Nintendo. I'm pretty sure it's PlayStation Portable. Oh, the Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Number eight, though, for six years, and that's January 2000 to 2006. So this is, like, ten years after it's already been published. Wowzers. EW said it was the fourth greatest game of of 1991, because it came out technically in 91 in Japan. And it was very renowned for its graphics, and um, it's it's also renowned as just one of the greatest games of all time by most critics. Yeah. Uh, When I talk to Zelda fans... Yeah. If their age is congruent with them entering into maturity and this game coming out, this is their number one Zelda game. No fail. That's that's surprising. The next generation up will will strongly identify with Ocarina of Time. Fair. And I think this is beautiful. Yeah. Like like drunkenness aside, I think this <laughs> is I, I think it's gorgeous that people will so strongly identify a video game with their coming of age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, Ocarina of Time was such a crucial part of me learning like what it's like to be a hero, especially because that game deals with age changes. Yeah, with you dealing like with responsibilities. Yeah, and and just coming into like a whole world. And um, trying to also, I think, it, like in the more moral sense and a more relatable sense, it's like just trying to help people when you can. At least with the the beginning with the Deku Tree and stuff like that. The Deku Tree is sick, and like Link. As it's like, this is my father figure of sorts, even though it's a fucking tree. It's sick, and I want to help it not be sick. Do you, you know what I mean? fucking tree. You're a fucking tree. But he, he still wants a, to help you, like, he and you web. as a player are just like, this without any kind of, like, real context or, like, any kind of history of the Deku tree, you're just like, this is, like, a very wise old tree. I can already, like, yeah. pick up on that, and, like, I want to help it, even though I don't know that much about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I You know, this game really... Um, to me personally will be the launch of the zelda series yeah despite the fact that there were two zelda games before this i think this is really the time where link becomes a person the hero of time if you will yeah and and not just an avatar like yeah like an actual being yeah i think um, the first two are probably just like nintendo trying to find its footing maybe and trying to find a formula that works right and this is when it actually like we found it this is what makes it and we get so into great. some of the lore. We get into some yep. of the of the story of the series. Um, really, like, you know, this is kind of the jumping off point for the series. Yeah. Just a really quick uh, fun fact, too. There was a comic book that was made after this for the series, specifically. 
And um, it has one of the greatest Easter eggs out of, of all time. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to be able to find it because I remember like reading a little bit about it. But uh, the Easter egg from my memory, I didn't write this down, is that somebody won a competition in Nintendo Power, the magazine, mm-hmm. to be able to like be the little Easter egg. And you have to like do a very specific thing, but a lot of people missed it. And it's like, it's this character who is the person who won. And it's just like, oh, hey, I'm this person. And there's like rupees nice. and stuff. So Nintendo's bringing in an element of like the fans. Yeah. Um, which is, for me, like part of what Nintendo's all about. Um, is sort of just engaging with the fans in a way that's accessible for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually just caring about their content. Especially now, like we're recording this in an age where you want something extra for a game. Mm-hmm. It's DLC, you gotta pay for it. Yeah, or you are, like, you know, Battlefield, where you have to, like, pay for your characters if you want, like, a fun Star Wars character. Yeah. With EA, you know? Yuck. That's disgusting. I don't like that. No. Poo on that. And, I mean, there's, like, some DLC where I'm willing to pay for it, and I'm just, like, I get it because there's a lot of, like, extra shit that's in it. And even Zelda at this time, because Breath of the Wild is the one that's, like, out at this time. You do have to pay for the, like, special DLC that they made, but it's not that expensive, and it's also, like... Well, also the world Heavy. the world before it is so expansive. It's not right. like this is. It's not like you need the DLC to like do anything part of the normal game. Right. It's literally just for people who like have completed the game and like want a little bit something extra. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Whereas a lot of DLC these days are like, oh, like to progress further in the game, you, you need, need to this. you need to buy or like oh to get this one weapon that is like heavily OP. coveted. Yeah. Or just like to get this like one character, which like makes the story so much better or like adds these extra cutscenes and stuff it's just like why why would i play this game without this yeah you know what i mean so it's pretty cool do you know the story of this game i don't i don't know the story of this game i know that it's i it, it correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like link wakes up in his home right mm-hmm. in this one yeah and this is the first time that this happens in the series and i feel like it becomes a very big becomes a trope yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like Ocarina who wakes up in the tree. Um, Majora's Mask is kind of not waking up, but it's kind of like almost entering a dream, perhaps. We can go into that when we get to that game. Well, it's funny, actually, that you bring up this dream thing and this sleep thing, because it's a really common theme throughout the whole series. Um, Link often will, will wake up from things. It's very common that you'll be given an option as Link to rest in a game by sleeping that will replenish your hearts or will just turn the atmosphere to nighttime instead of daytime or vice versa that's not true for i feel like the more recent games though is it some of them i feel like you just have to like farm for hearts in the other games it depends in um skyward sword for example uh-huh. you could go to bed and you would wake up rested oh um, okay in, in oh that's right that's right twilight yeah. princess you don't ocarina majora's you don't Wind Waker. I mean, you you know this whole thing like like Link is often seen as a sleepy guy. Yeah, um, I mean, saving the world makes you a little tired. You're right. It would yeah. make anyone tired. For for sure. Um. So it's kind of cool that we in- get introduced to this, especially because just sleeping in games is like fucking hilarious now. With what, honestly, um, with Skyrim, like the whole. I never uh, played Skyrim. I didn't either, but there's that whole joke about it where it's like, oh, like you're finally awake. Oh, really? (laughs) But, all right, back to the story. I feel like this is actually one of the first games where we sort of get a little bit more than just, like, the very basic story of Link needs to save the princess and Ganon is the enemy. 
Right. Um, Link has an uncle in this game. He does. I do know that. I don't know the whole detail behind it, but he does. I know he does have an uncle in this. Yeah. And he's like injured and you talk to him and then he fucking dies, which is really dark. Spoiler alert. It's in the first like three minutes of the game. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. So. Wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. Um, but you know what? As he dies, he gives you something very important that will help you in your quest. I like how you kept that part secret. Is it the sword? Just spoil it. It might be. I don't okay. know. It's it been could, like... It could be. The story is like... Like, there's a little bit more thought put into it. It's not just like, okay, start and go. Here and we go. wing it. Save the world. It's like, okay, no, there's a little bit more emotion invested. Like you, you Is there also, like, people. more text in this one? I feel like there is, right? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was saying earlier, where Link is actually a human. Like, Link yeah. actually sort of interacts with people and like has emotion and it's not just like he's an avatar right even though that's what he's meant to be right um yeah i'm i'm really excited to explore the story in this one as we go i mean as somebody who like doesn't know a lot about it i'm i'm pumped yeah it's great yeah uh so let's talk about the gameplay and graphics the graphics, okay, so this is a funny thing, is for the longest time, as I really thought that, like, the way they portrayed Link was looking like a rat. <laughs> but then when I was really looking at it recently, I was like, oh no, it's a legitimate human. But I feel like it's just because the colors are, like, so primary rather than, like, in-depth. Yeah. That I was just like, oh. And his, like, nose is, like, kind of out, it's, too. It's a little, it's a weird interpretation of Link. For me, personally, for this game. Yeah, because I feel like the pointy ears kind of, like, come into effect. Well, he's next... an elf. Right. But but I get the rat thing. He's very, like, mousy. Yeah, he's like a mousy guy. Yeah. And every time I played it, I was, like, rather very young or, like, intoxicated. Yeah. So I've never really played this game sober. Well, okay, and you're not going to either. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> but I I literally like when I I started the game, I forget like when I actually started it, but I started it at one point. But I was like, "Wow, there's a rat on screen." And it was also like a joke kind of. I was like trying to be funny and blah blah blah. But like I I looked into it more recently. I was like, "Oh no, that's uh that's definitely supposed to be a human." So, yeah. So, well, going off that this might be uh, you know, not oh, kosher, cool. not kosher, but like I don't love Link in this game. Really? Um, I don't. The way he looks, or just the way he is? Um, kind of both. Okay. Also, this also is contrary to a lot of people's beliefs, and it might cause a couple people to unsubscribe. Oh boy! But I don't love this game. This really? is this is not my favorite Zelda game. Um, not even in the top three or five. Um, not even in the top five. No, I would not say so. Okay. Um, that's not to say I don't enjoy this game. And I do think I'm going to enjoy this game more than the last two games we played. Oh, yeah. Um, however, Very easy to, to be honest. Yeah. That, uh, well, right. That's that's an easy hurdle to clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um, this game is really representative of a successful game for people who grew up with the first two games. Okay. But because I grew up with later games revisiting it i wasn't as impressed as i was Fair and enough. and that's not necessarily a stab at this game um specifically but just i don't know it's hard to say because i love 2d zelda games i, I love, never really played a lot of them to be, or oh, any of them i honestly. love Link's awakening i love awkward uh oracle of seasons and oracle of ages so yeah. it's not a stab against those games it's kind of just like there's something specific about this game that didn't really jive with me 
And I'm wondering if maybe I'm going to have a different perspective on it now. So I'm actually really excited to revisit it and see, like, okay, now that I'm playing through these games in chronological order... Yeah. Which is on purpose. I should mention there there are other uh, podcasts or series, video series, that will cover the Zelda genre in terms of the story. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing it very purposefully chronologically chronologically which i actually honestly like as much as the story part except i i would in most things i would want to do it story-wise rather than um chronologically i think it's really important to do something chronologically to see how somebody develops with a story yeah even if it is out of order because sometimes stories are better out of order well and we've been talking about um coming of age too yeah which i think is important to to experience these things as somebody might as they are coming to be a person in this world who has autonomy and who has um thoughts that are unique yeah like if i was born in the mid to late 70s and i'm like playing these games and waiting for and like all the way up to breath of the wild and i'm like an not older person but like middle-aged person you know what i mean like obviously like we can't identify with how their development was because we were born in the 90s but it's this is the way it was made and also i mentioned this before i think in our original intro or our pre-cap to the last game is that nintendo didn't really intend for an actual timeline right you know what i mean so i think playing it chronologically it's just kind of like how are they as developers and creators creating this story and creating these characters you know what i mean as like a way of telling the story you know yeah yeah, so. it's, it's a little bit less arbitrary to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the differences that we've found. I'm sorry. Differences we've found between the games that we've... And we've kind of already talked about this, but between the games that we've already played versus this one. It's still top-down. Yeah, I, well, but the biggest difference, I think, is coming off the heels of Adventure of Link. Uh-huh. Is Nintendo kept very little from that game. Right, which they, is kind of fascinating. They abandoned the side-scroller aspect. Yep, the they, RPG aspect. They abandoned the RPG aspect. They focused more on creating things that will make the player care. Side, Story. side quests. They, they embellish parts of the game that will let you actually explore and have it not be frustrating. Have it be more of an, of an experience. And I yeah. think all of those things are really integral to the Zelda experience to me. Do you think the first game or the second game had more of a story? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like the second one had a bigger story. Yeah, I think so too. Like it wasn't There's this mystery obvious. where, you, where, where you, you start and Zelda's sleeping and you're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, and it's like Ganon has returned if you die three times, which right. is like a sucky part, but... I feel like if you just died in the other ones, it was like, oh, you're dead. You're dead like, yeah. the hero always wins in the first one. The second one, it's like, you didn't yeah, win. Yeah, it's darker. Yeah and, and, yeah. and darkness as a theme in Zelda is something I am all about. And it only, I feel like it's it's kind of crazy, too. I feel like there was a theory about this, and maybe we talked about this, where it's like, they do a really happy game, and then they go very dark. Yeah. Which is like, the game before Twilight Princess was... Um, Wind Waker. Wind Waker, which is like cheerful happy and like even though there's a lot of stuff going on it's like cartoony and it's like cute and like not very scary and then twilight princess happens and it's like Mm -hmm. detailed it's dark it's that ganon has actually succeeded in it's trying to reverse almost like kind of what he's done to hyrule and then even with majora's mask like ocarina for the most part is like 
pretty happy. Like, even when you become an adult, and, like, Ganon has one in that sense, like, and you're reversing it, it's not, like, very depressing. You know what I mean? And then Majora's Mask happens, and it's, like, people, like, have all these theories about it, where it's, like, oh, it's the five stages of grief, and it's this and that, where it, and I feel like this one kind of, it's the beginning of something kind of dark, because the first two aren't really super dark like ganon wins is kind of dark but i wonder where we go with this one yeah is this um, one more cheerful you you know it's not though okay um so it's gonna be an interesting thing to explore and discuss as we go but there is sort of a dark world here and we've talked about zelda games as having this dichotomy between an overworld and underworld or a future and a present yeah or you know like an above sea level below sea level Sort of these different, like, perspectives on a world. And that is born, I think, in this game. Okay. Truly. Yeah, the first two don't really have two worlds at all. Yeah. Uh, they, it, they just don't, actually. It, it, it doesn't really. I mean, they, they tried to make it that way with, like, overworld and underworld. But really, the underworld was just dungeons. Yeah, and it was just, like, going underground. It yeah. was literally... Ju- it was it's, in a very literal sense versus, like... With, I'm guessing this game and other future games where it's like in a more time sense, a more like untangible sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this this game is going to be so much fun to explore in that context. Um, I, honestly, it, it's going to feel like a book that is written by somebody who has experience under their belt versus a book that is like brand new from an author who's just breaking into the genre. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And the, another, like, thing I want to throw in there, too, is, like, when this game was coming out, the first Mario Kart was coming out, and the first Mortal Kombat was coming out. Hmm. So I also kind of wonder, like, what kind of stakes were there Just to contextualize game. it. Yeah, because I feel yeah. like if you're creating something like Mortal Kombat, and obviously there's, like, Street Fighter and stuff, or even Mario Kart, like, Mario Kart is, like, fucking iconic. And I feel like a lot of racing games... um for the most part kind of like based around Mario Kart where it's like you're playing an iconic character and you're racing each other and it's like kind of cartoonish and funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of stakes that Nintendo had and maybe they were expecting this game to go downhill and that's why they had Mario Kart or they had at least been enough of a brand where they could make iconic characters. Yeah, I don't know. Game. I don't know if they had that expectation because I think Zelda was already proving to be a very popular franchise i don't think link was a character though in the first mario kart was it i think it was just no, like all oh, mario characters he wouldn't be until way later yeah way 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 later i think like literally in the wii u version right yeah slash um switch version yep but yeah i mean moral of the story i'm fucking excited i'm really excited also i, I feel like we should have some kind of um conversation about the fact that our format for this podcast will likely have to change and adjust yeah to accommodate this game um because in the past we've had sort of very little uh time between dungeons it's kind of been like okay a dungeon you finish it all right on to the next dungeon now yeah and like just to get to the next dungeon you needed the weapon from the last dungeon or the item right in this game and in future games there's a lot of the game between the dungeons i'm excited about that the pers- i love the- a good side quest but it's not even a side quest. It's like you need. It's the main quest. Oh okay. Um, oh to, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. It, and Zelda games, I feel like, have been progressing this this way in general, where the game is is less about the dungeons 
and more about your just overall experience in the game and progressing. And the dungeons are like kind of little speed bumps along the way. Okay. And I feel like this is the first game where we're really going to see that. Yeah. I'm excited to see how this format changes for us and for our listeners. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm just excited for this one. Yeah. I'm excited I for am this too. One. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just excited to just be done with the second one. Because the second one, really, honest to God, was just like... Oh. I was not looking forward to doing this, almost. Like, I was looking forward to it in the sense that we would get to hang out, we were playing Zelda and stuff, but it was just, like, so much... It was rough. It was rough, because it was a lot of research. It was... It just felt like a chore rather than a game. And maybe... And I, I only know this, because I was, like, editing and stuff like that and listening to us. Um, we were angry. <laughs> we were mad, yes. And people had a lot more patience back then, back then versus now. Yep. So maybe this is more this this one seems a little bit more timeless, whereas the other two seem a little bit more um, dependent on the time that they were com- coming out in. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I'm also drunk, so I don't know how much. <sighs> Jesus, you're telling me. Yeah, I gotta pee. In fact, oh my god, but... I have to pee so bad. Okay, well, let's just end this then. Well, before uh, we your pants. That would so be funny though. The one thing I did want to say is we also have a uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's, oh yeah, we always forget to do this. It's all Drunk Zelda if you yep. want to go check it out. If you want to send bit.ly us... slash Drunk Zelda even. That's, well, that's to listen to this, but you're already listening. Oh. Right. Tell um, your friends. But, you know, listen, it's just Hannah and Jeremy here. That's us. We don't have a team, so if you have any ideas, suggestions, please, like, you know, let us know. Just, like, fucking tell us. Yeah. We're here. To the people who already have, thank you. You're great. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. And, and we... yes, we'll be at your wedding. Yeah. Let us know. I already <laughs> went to Jeremy's, so I'm ready for another one. Oh, Hannah. Yeah. Woo. All right. So, listen. This is season three. We're Hannah oh and Jeremy. Oh, my God. We're getting drunk. We're talking about Zelda. That's Nothing's right. changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Except Jeremy's a married man now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're probably, like, a little bit more drunk. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Jeremy. I'm Hannah. And this is Hannah and Jeremy. Get drunk. And talk, talk about Zelda. Zelda. Oh, that's great. That was good, right? I love it. Yeah. Bye. Bye.